It's your boy Jonathan Macri with you with another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast, except it's kind of only sort of an episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast because this is a crossover edition of the pod in which we are um, having an unholy love child with another podcast. And we're going to get to that podcast in a second, but before we do... Of course, my partner in crime is on the line, and that is JB. JB, how the hell are you, man? Um, we're going to have to talk about this later, but I'm trying to figure out how we've published so many pods based on... <laughs> we're Sorry. Gonna... I'm... <laughs> I'm still laughing from uh, from what we just experienced. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to leave the we're going to leave the listening public hanging. Um, on that one, of course, because that's what we do sometimes. Got to keep them interested. Um, so let's get to the other half of the uh, unholy uh, love child. Um, if if you're a Knicks fan and you listen to podcasts, you probably have already guessed who they are. Um, but without further ado, Craig and Barry of Hard Knicks Life. How are you guys? What's up, guys? How's it going? Barry, are you uh, still in the yeah, bathroom? Yeah, that's my turn. That, this is, okay, that this is what Barry. This is what Barry does all the time. That's, yeah, I yeah, know. If there's dead air, it's it's usually <laughs> no. Me. Uh, intros to me are the hardest part of the pods. Actually, I'm always, even when it's just me and Macri, I'm like, let's just start talking. I hate the intro because what do you say? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Nice to talk to you. <laughs> well, we we try yeah, to I mean, keep you guys it know you guys. I get so much shit because whenever Barry doesn't talk, I have to say I have to like say his name to get him to speak. And so I'm saying Barry's name like a hundred times a fucking show. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys run into that when you're doing it. Do you guys just flow off of each other or, or Macri? Do you have to call for JB to speak at times? Well, um, I, I I typically um, am good at filling filling uh, dead airspace with, with just words that usually don't mean anything. Um, but when we record together with a guest... We have a very, really technical um, system that we use where I'll text JB, you, question mark, and then he'll text <laughs> me back with yes or no. And we go back and forth like that for the better part of a half hour, an hour, or whatever. But um, we're so not... So based, based on what just went on here with you trying to figure out how to record, <laughs> you're able to text and do the podcast at one time? That's shocking. Um, I, you should all be happy that I'm able to text. Period. That I that I have figured out that that much. Um, listen, guys, I'm turning 36 years old in two days. Um, and fuck if I don't feel about a good 10 years older than that. So uh, you know, I just technology never never synced up with with me. Um, I'm old school like that. What can I tell you? Yeah, and we've heard Macri be self deprecating before, and it's you know somewhat sounds like you know it's a taste of humility, but I can testify for you guys here with what we just witnessed yeah he really has no fucking clue when it comes to uh computers uh phones headphones uh yeah so um on that note uh so actually you know what this is this is a knicks podcast um we are gonna have to talk a little bit about the knicks and 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 
we're going to get there in a second, but since Barry just gave us that lovely um, segue with no fucking clue, um, I think we have to start off this Knicks podcast by talking about the Lakers. Um, because we just learned about an hour and a half ago, is it now, that um, not only did they bumble up their, their head coaching search, that's that's not really interesting to Knicks fans. The part that's interesting to Knicks fans is, one, the fact that former Knicks head coach Kurt Rambis is apparently calling the shots, uh, at least to some extent, with the Bus family. His wife is now somehow involved in the decision-making process of arguably the most storied franchise in national basketball history. Can we can we, can we mentally process that for a second? Like, what would we do if, as Nick fans, we heard tomorrow <laughs> that, like... I'm, I'm trying to think of, a, of an example of whose wife it would be. Like, uh, 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 Natasha... By the way, uh, who Fisdale. is Rambis's wife? It's, that's the point. We don't know who the hell she is. She's a, she is a person that is married to Kurt Rambis, and she's apparently has power within the Lakers organization. It's like if we learn tomorrow that that David Fisdale's wife Natasha, as lovely as she seems to be, like was calling the shots from behind the scenes. Like what? What would we even think about that? And that's what's happening with the Lakers. It's insane. Barry it is insane. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, Barry. 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 Yeah, no, it's worse than a Yoko Ono situation because, you know, in no way, shape, or form would you even think about comparing Kurt Rambis to John Lennon. Um, you know, he does not deserve that, nor should his wife deserve... I mean, I, I shouldn't say what his wife deserves because I don't know her from a hole in the wall. Uh, but yeah, this is the first I'm hearing of this and, and any uh, affiliation she would even have with the team. I mean, like but you said, Matthew, it, no, Knicks, Knicks fans it, hated having Kurt Rambis anywhere around this team, so... Yeah, if it was his wife. Ima- imagine, do you think his wife had any say in what was going on with the Knicks back when Rambis was here? Because well, he it seems like we couldn't get rid of him for a while. Well, isn't it? It's something to do that she is close uh, to Jeannie through Phil Jackson, I'm guessing. Like, that whole combination, right? I actually don't really know, like, where it comes from. But I think it's something like that where, you know, she just happens to be close. And then now... You know, obviously getting input. You know, it is funny because it's like, as Knicks fans, we're very accustomed to you know getting on our owner. Um, at least from the Laker fans I follow, and maybe because they're just getting used to being in this state of kind of constant embarrassment. It's like, I haven't seen them yet really turn on Genie yet. Like, I've seen them upset, like, with certain decisions and whatnot. And I don't know if it's because, like, the Bus family still, like, carries over, but... You know, at what point do you point to the top there and say, okay, like this has been a dumpster fire since, you know, I guess it's been multiple years now, really, when you think of some of the trades they were making um, before she fully took over. I mean, it. it I well, here's, here's where it's interesting to me is because this is the, kind of like a the, the many webs we, we weave type of situation here. She obviously has her past with Phil. Kurt Rambis has his past with Phil. Phil has a past with LeBron James, who happens to be um, on the Lakers at this moment. And I sent out what I thought was a fairly innocuous tweet um, when all this stuff was coming out, which is basically that um, as Nick fans, like all this is going on, to me it's like, to your point that you just said, JB, and this is why I think it's relevant to Nick fans, it's almost as if they are trying to push LeBron James out of the organization. So it's like, all right, 
if they're trying to do everything they can to push him out, where do you think he's going to want to go? And I could only think of of one possible destination, and it's the Knicks. And, like, if you're a Knicks fan, look, I hate LeBron James. I hate LeBron James as much as anyone. But, I mean, God, you have to. Like, doesn't the thought have to at least cross your mind? Like, man, I wonder what they would want. Or, like, how much of a power play it would be for him to just be like, you're sending me there, and they're not even going to give up a lot for it. Like, I don't Craig, where, where, where are you coming down on this one? Do you really have to fucking ask me, Jonathan? I do have to fucking ask you because you I'm curious. <laughs> uh, no, no shot in hell do I want LeBron on the Knicks. I don't care. I don't care if all we had to give up was Frank. Well, now, let's not get, let's, let's not get crazy. <laughs> no, listen. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game. But, dude, I don't respect anything that comes with him. All the negativity, the influence he demands over every roster that he's a part of. The coaches he's gotten fired. The fact that he needs to team up with Wade and Bosch Miami to finally win a championship. And dude, he played that childish game of flip bottle during that game at MSG that time when he was with Cleveland. Dude, I'd rather not win a championship for the next 10 years than have LeBron be the sole person responsible for bringing us one. <laughs> I, uh, and be I required for us all to fucking worship him for the rest of my life. No, thank you. Fuck LeBron. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's well, how you know, I feel about it. Do, do you that's feel how that I feel, with, That's with why. Dolan, then? What? Well, I guess I just thought that last point where you said it required me to worship him the rest of his life. I mean, so if they win next season, with you LeBron. know, isn't it that same that same idea with Dolan of like he actually got him to win? I'll worship Dolan. But uh. not... Wow. So LeBron is really... <laughs> <laughs> We've already gone off the rails, and we're not even 15 minutes into this podcast. Yeah, but if if Dolan is the owner during when the team wins the championship, it's still the team's championship. I think where I think where Craig is coming from, and this is why I kind of agree with him. If LeBron comes here and they win a championship, it's not the Knicks championship; it's LeBron's championship. Um, you, you know how LeBron needed Wade and Bosch in Miami? If if we win a championship with LeBron, we needed him. Yeah. And who wants that? Um, Barry, you have kids. Would you be okay seeing them in a LeBron James Knicks jersey? How, how would that make you feel on the inside? Right now, present time, I, I would hate it. 2019 LeBron is not the LeBron I want on the Knicks. If you asked me four years ago... Yeah, I, w- I would have taken him. But, you know, granted, you know, this year, even though he was fifth in the league in points and, and he was like fourth in the league in assists, he checked out. I mean, he played 55 games. When he was on the court, he didn't want to be there. His play showed in it. If He can't get motivated. I know, look, I know they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs after the way the season started, but you're playing in, for showtime. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio... Kendall Jenner, Snoop Dogg, they weren't going to see him at Cleveland. If you can't motivate yourself to play on one of the biggest stages, I don't care if you're in contention or not. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I got no respect for you. Kendall Jenner is a... Isn't she the one with, with Ben Simmons? Or is that... Am I thinking of a different Kardashian? No, she may be, but she is. Uh, she frequents Laker games. Oh, she does. So she gets she gets yes. around is, is what you're insinuating? <laughs> yeah, she's, a, she's one of the... the Highly toted uh, Laker fans out there. Oh, okay. I'm out of the loop. By the way, is is it worth it? I mean, best case scenario if LeBron came to the Knicks and won, 
best case scenario is he wins a championship, right? Which is pretty good. Yeah. But worst case, he does to us what he's done to the Lakers. No, I, I yeah, agree. Well, I think... Yeah. JB, no, I was going to say, I think that, that there's actually some people who have that concern with Durant or Kyrie, to be honest with you. Like, I think the whole thing with what we've seen unfold with the Lakers is sort of, and I know it's different because of the age, and, you know, we're kind of having fun a little bit with, you know, liking LeBron being here more on if you like just him and how his legacy would be shaped here and kind of ignoring, like, yeah, he's just an older player and, and that part doesn't make sense. But I think there are some people that look at the Lakers situation, that exact question comes to, you know, if they give everything, say, Durant wants, like if Durant says, I'm going to come and we know he can, you know, have, uh, you know, different moods on different days himself, like same thing with Kyrie, obviously, as we're watching right now, him airballing through the end of the playoffs here. I mean, do you guys worry about that at all in terms of, obviously those players are more in their prime years, but, you know, what it you know, what it turns things into and how the franchise has to appease those players if they come? Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always me? <laughs> when I don't know what to say, I just say Barry. So I can think. You you want Barry? me to put this in, in, in relationship to- Comparing it to the LeBron thing or just in general dealing with guys like Durant and Kyrie? And yeah, just in general, would that be the concern like you would have that Durant comes and maybe it's not exactly the same situation, but this theme that we're seeing with the Lakers or, no. you know, of other places, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as like the stuff that Kyrie's going through now, as far as the last few games, you know, not shooting well and that sort of thing, I don't put that much stock in that because you got to look at, you know, his overall career to this point and take everything for what it's worth um but yeah as far you know comparing it to lebron i mean this this is the knicks you know macro you brought up about you know if the knicks should at least bite on it or see what they can get for him in my eyes this is the knicks opportunity to say no it's too late we don't want you now you know it's like going to like your 10-year reunion and seeing like the the girl that you thought was super hot that you couldn't get in high school and now she wants you and now you can you know you can shrug her off so we're gonna the Knicks are in a good situation. So we're gonna punt on a potential championship out of spite. I like it. Look, Macri, do, there's do enough. Do you think that Macri? Do you think other that free agencies? No, I. So here's. Enough. I don't think it makes sense because I think. It, like, let's actually talk about this semi-realistically for a second. I don't care how much power LeBron James and and Clutch Sports have within the league. They're not. They're not going to be able to pressure the Lakers into like literally giving him away for nothing. I mean, they're going to want a, a significant package. So, just you know, for argument's sake, let's say the Knicks got the second pick in the draft, right? So uh, it would be, I don't know, the second pick, uh, Knox. Uh, let's say uh, I don't know. I'm going to try to make it a low ball offer. Dotson and the Dallas unprotected pick, right? And this is like absolute best case scenario. LeBron says, I am only playing for the Knicks next season or I'm going to go play in fucking China. Um, great. LeBron comes here. At that point, you have to de- – like, yes, you have you are beholden to LeBron James because whether you like it or not, that is what LeBron James brings with him, which is fraught with peril all on its own. But then on top of that, you're dealing with the exact same situation that the Lakers were dealing with last year, which is, well, we have to find someone who wants to come here and play with him. And 
you know, then essentially you're banking all of your fortunes on like trying to get Anthony Davis and making that trade happen. And oh, wait a minute, you've just traded away some of your best assets to get LeBron James. So it, it there's a million and one reasons why it wouldn't work. I guess, I guess my 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 point in even sending out the tweet in the first place is it's like it has to at least cross your mind to to at least to to wonder. To wonder about it. That's all. Just to wonder about it. That's all I'm saying. I, I it, but that, for, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. You throw out the hypotheticals. You figure out. Okay, I wonder. I wonder what we could get for him. But the thing is, it's throwing you off the rails. You've got a plan. You've got a vision. Nowhere in you know, any of this is is he any part of this vision. Nobody changes the landscape of a team like LeBron does. You know, the the, the the play stops when LeBron's on the floor with your team. No, you're right. You know, the ball ends up in his hands. Everybody stands around and looks. It doesn't matter who his teammate is. You know, and and the Knicks are going to remember that, and they're going to they're going to stay on course. Yeah, you want to you want to stop for a second, you know, while you're drinking your coffee, and you want to talk about uh, you know the what ifs, but then you move on. Right, and like and like JB said, I mean Durant and Kyrie are way more in their primes. Who wants LeBron for? one or two years while he decides if he wants to be here or go somewhere else. If we get Durant and Kyrie, it's it's more of a long-term plan. They're going to come here for four or five years. LeBron might come for one or two. Yeah. No, I I, I think that's a great point. Um, and apparently uh, the good people out in Las Vegas agree with you. They have, um, we saw um, this week, instituted the Knicks as 16-1 to 1 um, I guess 16, it's sixteen to one title favorites, right? Going into yeah, next year, yeah, the odds to uh, to win the NBA Finals. Yeah, which is just seeing that number is um, it's a little staggering. I and what did they say? That's fourth best in the East. I think it's, yeah, fourth yeah. best in the East. Fourth best. Yeah, in the I East. think it's really fifth. It's funny because everyone grabbed that point in the headline, but I think it's only the Warriors in the West that were higher, right? So it is like fifth best overall. Uh, I think it was sixth best. I think you might have had Houston as well. Oh, Houston too. That would make sense. But still, sixth best overall. I mean, again, it, it, with you know, I guess I'm not and I'm not Craig Carton with betting here, but um, I guess <laughs> to me, isn't it more they're just trying to get the New York money in there, right? Like you put you put those odds there so you can, you know, you, that's a big market. A lot of you know, a lot of Knicks fans are going to start chasing money with these odds, and they didn't want. You know them flooding the market at these like stupid odds of them three hundred to one when there right. was well, a, there's I mean, a clear that's chance. That's a big part of it to get the money in there, but it's also an educated guess. They said that these odds could actually move to twelve to one if they do sign both Durant and Irving. But as I think you just even said, three hundred to one if they don't land any big time free agents. So I think um, I mean it was a great sign. I mean I was happy when I saw it because I mean they're rarely wrong. <laughs> you know Vegas. You know last year at this time they put out. Um, you know, the similar type of thing, you know, the odds that teams had to get to the finals and their top four last year were Golden State, Houston, Philadelphia, and Boston. And I mean, as we speak, all four are in there. I don't know if Boston's going to be in there after we're done with this pod in the elimination game, but, uh, <coughs> but they were pretty on, uh, pretty right on there. I, I think it's not meaningless. Um, I also, I, I do agree with you. The, the way this stuff works out, it's just basically about trying to figure out, all right, how can we get the most money in the coffers um, while still, you know, covering our own ass? So, I, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good, it's not a bad sign, um, you know, but, and, and hey, it's, it's <coughs> 16 to 1 is um, um, not as, so that's, so here, here's my positive spin on this. 
16 to 1 makes us all feel really encouraged, right? Yeah? Okay. Well, guess what? We have 6 to 1 odds of winning the lottery on Tuesday night. So how about that for, like, <laughs> exciting stuff? Um, what are we... All right, here's the question to all of you. I saw it going around on Twitter in a few different forms um, this week. Is there, like, someone could give you right now, like, you could have this and walk away. You don't get to see what's behind door number two. You, you know, is there, like, is there something that someone could give you where you'd be, like, obviously not the first pick, where you'd be like, all right, I'm good. Like, is it the second pick? Is it the third pick? Is there no <coughs> pick? Where, Craig, where are you at on that? Um, I mean, I, I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled if we just end up in the top three, to be honest. If we have a shot at Zion, Morant, or Barrett, uh, I'd be ecstatic. I know that chances are we well, we have a 52% chance at number five. So I'm bracing for that likelihood. Honestly, if we just don't if we just don't get five, I think I'll be satisfied. Oh, I, I said it like a month ago. I was like, if they just make it because it's the fifth pick, and then there's the commercial break. If we just make it past the commercial break, uh, I feel like I'll I'll be somewhat satisfied. But like, so right now, if someone came to you, um, if Will Smith in in blue paint, um, God, that movie looks awful, um, <clears throat> came to you and said, I'll, I'll give you the second pick. It's yours. You could sign for it right now. You're taking that. I would. Oh hell yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really? You got you, you got to play the odds, pick? Macri. No, second but... pick or or a fifty-two percent yeah, or, no, or second, a likely the, five. I mean, yeah, no, because I think to, it was Tommy Beer earlier today asked that about the third pick, and at first I just broke down the odds. I said, yeah, I would take the third pick right now because you know the odds are only like twenty-seven percent you land better, and they're like over fifty percent you land worse. But then. People were kind of responding to me, and I sort of started getting their point of, well, if you put the top two picks together and you figure, okay, even if you don't get Zion, it seems like you're getting a really good consolation prize. If you're now telling me you're getting like a 27% chance of getting, you know, someone that's going to be a legit game changer, you would take those odds. I guess what I'm saying is I would buy, just give me, um, I wouldn't. If you told me take the third pick, take the fourth pick, I wouldn't. I would just say twenty-seven percent. That you know, that's not bad. One in four that they're going to literally get maybe a franchise-changing player. I think I'd go with that. So, so here, here's the problem, and, and everybody's doing it. You know, you just did it. Twenty-seven percent. You got to think about the seventy-three percent. And as far <clears throat> as the first pick and getting Zion, Knicks fans, I'm sorry, you got to realize you got to stop saying there's a fourteen percent chance you're going to get him. There's an eighty-six percent chance you won't. You know, to, to give you a similar statistic of just what 86% chance means, listen to that. According to Planned Parenthood. Oh, my okay? God. Although condoms oh, are 98%. Parent. Listen, according, according to them, although condoms are 98% effective when used perfectly every time you have sex, in real-life situations, because people aren't perfect, they're really just 85% effective. So that means 15 out of every 100 people who use condoms will get pregnant. So there's as much <laughs> chance great. as me having a baby. But how there many times have the people one mentioned pick? condoms on your podcast? <laughs> Is well, there what any... What's in real-world situations, by the way? Well, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're drunk. <laughs> maybe it's dark. No, I know. You know I just you're think it's funny like the way they define that. It's dark? That's not a reason. Sure. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're ripping things open. 
You know, you're, you're, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, if you can't put a condom on uh, properly, then you deserve to have what's coming to you. Um, first of all, second of all, I sound like Charles Barkley. Um, here's why I'm not signing for the sec, even the second pick, let alone the third pick, right now. I get it; it's only 14 percent of winning and 86 percent of something below that. That just doing doing it based on the math is not taking into account how much of a potentially better talent um, Zion is than the rest of these guys. And I feel like over the last month or so, maybe not, maybe even less than that, maybe even a few weeks, like everybody's kind of talking themselves into John Morant and R.J. Barrett, which is fine. I'm going to do it if they get the second or third pick. I'm going to be drinking that Kool-Aid from now until June 20th, gulping it by the gallon. I can't in good conscience right now sit here and be like, oh, yeah, you know, Zion is only incrementally better than RJ or Ja, who's incrementally better than the other guy. Zion is so much better than those other guys that, like, just 14% at him, I if you offered me the second pick right now, I'd be like, no thanks. I'll take my chance on 14%. Because guess what? Worst case scenario, I get the fifth <clears throat> pick. I'm getting either, you know, Jared Culver or... Um, uh, Darius Garland, who, for all we know, I think could either of them could be as good as one of those other two guys. So that's that's where I'm at. Barry, yeah, no, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I you think see, how, you see, how, the, see how easy it is to do that. It, is it really is. No, it's I a think, great. It's a great fallback. Um, I think I, that's the calculus though. Everyone's making right is what we're saying. We're just going back and forth of, you know. Four, yeah, that that fourteen eighty. It's just funny because a lot of odds changed this year, right? So it just made it so much more stark. Especially with forget the first, first, and not first. It's like basically a coin flip, fifth or anywhere in the top four, which is I think the craziest part. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if we end up with the fifth pick, you know, which like we just said, you know, approximately what is a fifty two percent chance. Um, Knicks fans are going to be unhappy, but at least they're not going to be mad at the organization. Right. You know, for years, the Knicks have been doing things and bad things have been happening to the Knicks, but the Knicks have brought a lot of it about on themselves. This is just fate. It's just luck. So I think it's an easier blow to take, you know, if this negative thing happens. Let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys a question. If we end, let's say we end up with the fifth pick. Okay. And we don't get KD or Kyrie. So the condom broke. How fucking awful would that be? <laughs> if all we end up with is Jarrett Culver in this offseason. Yeah, I mean, would, would, how much better would it be if we just had John Morant? Well, no, no I think it's to Kyrie. Barry's point exactly. It would be an unfamiliar, sour feeling for Knicks fans because it would be for the first time in a long time, we would just kind of have to feel like shit because they just did, it just didn't work out. Like, obviously, if something came out, like they went to the meeting and you know, Dolan pulled out his kazoo and they lost Durant because of that. <laughs> Fine. But like, if it's literally just, you know, it's very clear it had nothing to do with the Knicks and, you know, these free agents decided something different and they get the fifth pick. It's not just disappointing, but it's like, yeah, it's just weird that you can't like point the finger the same way that you've been trained to as a Knicks fan over the last 20 years. Well, Vork, Vork said it to us on the podcast the other day. He said, you're, it's not necessarily a reflection on the organization. It's a reflection of how are these very, very, very powerful, important people feeling, you know, on any given day or, or week or month or whatever you want to say. Um, 
and I agree with you, unless some news came out that, like, the meeting went horribly wrong, um, you know, because they're still, you know, well set up for the future. I think the more interesting question to me, and I will give credit to Craig for coming up with this, um, is if they do get lucky and they do get Zion, at that point, is it like everything that happens in the summer, the rest of the summer, is gravy? <clears throat> or is there still that pressure um, on the organization to like kind of hit, if not a home run, you know, then a, a ground rule double in free agency? Um, and Craig, I'm going to toss this one to you. Thank you. Anytime. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Fuck you, Barry. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we if we get that top pick in the drafts, yeah, I think all pressure is off. I mean, I would not be nearly as devastated if we don't come away with KD, Kyrie, or anybody. I mean, if we get Zion, like you said before, Macri, he's a potential franchise-changing type of player. And <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I think maybe some... I mean, obviously, we all want KD and Kyrie... But I wouldn't be shocked if there there would be some Knicks fans saying, you know, now that we have Z- we have Zion, maybe we should just focus on building around him and building through the draft. I mean, I, I think you'll see a lot of Knicks fans who might think the think that way and, and not want to start trading away players to build yeah, around KD and Kyrie. And, you know what I mean? And it creates an interesting it creates an interesting scenario because I mean, look. You know, if if Durant wants to come here, I mean, they're not they're not going to close the doors and say no, thank you. But at the same time, like um, I was texting JB about this earlier today. Uh, Danny Larue with the Athletic came out with an article. I think it was earlier today, basically talking about all of the different um, guys on bloated, um, expiring contracts that were candidates to be stretched because their respective teams either needed cap space to make a run at a free agent or, in a lot of cases, just didn't want to pay the luxury tax. And <clears throat> I guarantee you there's one or two or or maybe even more of those teams, like, you know, um, trying to unload Bismack Biombo's expiring contract or Timofey Mozgov's expiring contract or pick any terrible contract from the, that summer. Um you know, it's like they could be in a position to accumulate even more draft picks. And like Zion plus the young talent plus like a bunch. Of, I, I don't know. It's, it's like every Nick fan's fantasy, right? To like build it truly from the ground up and have it be sustainable and, and you know, with a bunch of kids. But I don't know. It also sounds to me like a little bit of a pipe dream, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of you know, becoming a playoff contender simply from your draft picks. I think it has a lot of merit, but it's vastly overrated. I mean, Durant yeah. to the Warriors is a really bad example because he was joining a team that was already on top of the mountain. But when you put on a uniform of a new team that's at rock bottom and you take them to the promised land, you embody that team. That team does not embody you. And if you could fast forward the process, point. you know, by legitimate means, and in the case of the Knicks where its front office has carried out a well thought out and structured plan while at the same time drafting some talent and stockpiling future picks. I mean, that's the the best of everything right there. So why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, no, I I think, uh, I think you said it well. I think, I think it's what we all want secretly, um, you know, for this thing to somehow, you know, be built with, with guys who are homegrown. But, you know, I just, that's so rare that that actually works to a level of where you're where you're really competing for championships. But we'll we'll see what happens. Um, all right, so um, here's the deal. 
we're going to close this episode up, uh, and there will be a second half to this episode, which I don't... We, ha- we should probably have talked about this, like, off-air, which of us is going to release our episodes first, but um, whatever, we'll, we'll wing it. Um, in any case... I just say at the same, say same time, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's going to be like a, a okay. season on Netflix. That's <laughs> you can binge that. <laughs> <them all> out <laughs> there. <laughs> Listen to all both two. episodes at the same time, actually. So we're, we're closing up shop on this episode, but there's going to be another half of this available um, from the Hard, Knock, Hard Knicks Life podcast. Um, but for now, um, on behalf of, of JB, Craig, and um, Barry, who has been wonderful chiming in, um, we're going to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Next Film School Podcast, and we will be back with you with another episode very shortly. And we'll talk to you soon. Giddy up. Giddy up.